Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, a Supernatural podcast. We were previously known as Driver Picks the Podcast, and the episode you're about to listen to was recorded under that name. Though our name has changed as of season three, our show hasn't changed that much. Our structure and theme-based discussions are the same, and we're so glad you're here. Now, let's get on the road. Hello, and welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the TV series Supernatural. Today, we are exploring season two, episode five, Simon Said, through the theme of sanctuary. I'm Abigail, your host, and joining me today are two very special guests from our podcast twin. So welcome to Jamie and Beth from the other Driver Picks the Podcast. Um, Do you want to both introduce yourselves and tell our listeners anything you want them to know about you before we get started? Yeah, did you want to start off? You can go first. I'll go first. My name's Beth um, and I'm so excited to be here. Um, I have watched Supernatural the whole way through from the very beginning all through the very end. I started live watching at about season 10 and prior to that I binged everything. Uh, So I am fully diagnosed Winchester derangement syndrome. I'm here for the long haul, uh, hence starting a podcast about it. But clearly I'm in great company because I'm not the only one. So <laughs> yes, yeah, right down to the to name. Be. Yeah, exactly. You've clearly got excellent taste. So <laughs> and I'm Jamie. I started watching Supernatural what like six months ago? By force, yes. Yeah, by force. <laughs> I never wanted to watch Supernatural. I saw what it had done to Bethany. God rest her soul. <laughs> Um, decided I didn't want any of that and then Bethany was like well why don't we start a podcast about it I was like well I guess I've got to watch it now but also (laughs) she's forced to be friends with me as a result so like it kind of evens out I'm like (laughs) midway through the second season in terms of where I've watched to so I don't really understand a lot other than what I've seen on Tumblr yay well I'm so excited to be here with both of you this is like so much fun yeah, we're thrilled like honestly like we've both been so excited about this this whole week we've been like oh my god you know like it's on Saturday like <laughs> yeah same honestly same um it's now time for our series recap the road so far after spending most of his adult life hunting for the demon who killed his wife John Winchester is dead having traded his life for Dean's and the demon is still at large Despite having no new leads, Sam and Dean are both avoiding their grief in different ways, but are still on the road. However, recent experiences suggest that monster hunting may not be as morally simple as John had taught them after they have a blowout fight with another hunter and ultimately decide to let a group of non-murderous vampires go free. For now, though, most things that are not human are monsters that need to be ganked, and the Winchesters are continuing to hunt them while getting closer to understanding what happened to John, what happened to Sam, and where the demon may be now. That brings us to this episode and to our 30-second recap. So how this works is we will each get 30 seconds to recap what happens in this episode in whatever way you choose. I think I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so this episode's about a guy who's mind controlling people, right? Right. No, that's not the most important part of the episode. The important part of the episode is the van. We gotta focus on this van for a full 30 <laughs> seconds, okay? It's got a disco ball, it's got a tiger, it's got a barbarian queen riding a polar bear. 
That is all that really matters about this episode. I don't care what else happened. It's got the van with the polar bear. And Bev pointed this out to me while we were watching the episode. It's got the license plate, Obi-Wan this. It's it's R-U-O-B-Wan. R-U-O-B-Wan. <laughs> it's just like the perfect van. Like all vans are creepy, but this one is just, it's a van. That was my 30 seconds. That was amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting, but it was amazing. It's not what I was expecting either. I thought you were going to go off about the lighting or Sam's hair, one of the two. Which also would have worked. <laughs> it's okay. There'll be, there'll be space for that. There'll be time. We'll get there. Perfect. When, when you're, you're ready? ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So like a million things happen in this episode, but essentially it boils down to Sam has a vision. Some guy is going to go into a gun store. He's going to kill the guy. Then he's going to kill himself. Sam's like, eh, no. So then he's like, Dean, we got to go. So then they go and then they find the guy who's going to shoot the guy. And then they're like, eh, no. And so he doesn't shoot the guy, but he does walk in front of a bus, which is also eh, bad. So then after that, Sam has a little moment. He's like, oh no, I could, that was bad. I couldn't save him. And Dean's like, but you saved the other guy. So, you know, when, and then they figure out that there's this guy who's mind controlling, but oh, he's not the actual villain. It's his evil twin. <laughs> and I ran out of time. Wow. <laughs> that was, that was like, thir- that was fantastic. That was like very thorough. I'm very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Can one of you we'll get me it. in? <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay, so like Beth said, the there are these twins and one of them is evil and one of them is not. One of them is using their mind control powers to kill people and one is using them to like, you know, fuck around and have a good time. So the one that's evil is going to kill this girl and Sam and Dean intervene and, but they're off doing their own thing and stopped and then Andy, the good twin, kills the other twin and then Sam had a whole crisis about what if that was me? What if I'm actually evil? What if, what's the demon planned? Because it turns out these Two were also affected by the same demon. And then they go to the roadhouse. Perfect. I think, I feel like between the three of us, we covered all the major points. Yeah. The van. <laughs> See, but here's the thing. I just realized that we actually did miss one sort of massive point that's probably going to be significant moving forward. Oh, yeah. And that's that Sam is not vulnerable to the mind control. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, yes. No one mentioned kind of arguably one of the, like, important <laughs> details in this episode. And, like, yeah. everyone's like, nah, fuck that shit. We also, like, didn't really focus on the fact that it's, like, the demon. I, like, tried to shove it oh, in yeah. at the end. I realized that was, like, four seconds left. And I was like, I better talk about how the powers come from the demon somehow. We were like, we were like let's talk about the self-contained plot. No overarching themes here. No overarching plot. Like, nothing else is happening outside of this one episode. Who needs no. it? But hey, guess what? It's now time for us to discuss this episode more in depth through our chosen theme. And this week, our theme is Sanctuary. Maybe we'll just start there with our my yeah. first note about Sanctuary was about how Dean, at the beginning of this episode, does not want to go to the roadhouse, mm. does not think of it as a sanctuary or a safe place. To be fair, they haven't spent much time there, mm. but is incredibly suspicious of other hunters which is entirely John's doing like fuck John for making Dean suspicious of every other hunter Mm -hmm. because that's just really screwing them that's just really screwing their lives up a lot it's it's a tactically it's a stupid decision and like we've talked about this a lot and you guys I know have as well he's not actually like John this is it's not actually a very good hunter no like because he doesn't use the resources he has available to him and he doesn't share them with his kids who arguably are being put in way more fucking danger than they would be if he just gave them the information. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
make connections, like take advantage of all of the resources that you have with all of these people that know you and know who you are and know who your kids are, but your kids don't mm. know them because it's yeah. <laughs> safe. It's question mark safer. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it's so much safer for these people with all this hunting experience to know all about your children, but the children to not have any idea who the fuck these people are. So then there's, and to be bred to be sort of suspicious of everyone who's not John so Mm -hmm. that they never ever reach out. Mm -hmm. I think it also doesn't help that John is very much from what I can tell, like a kill first, ask questions later sort of hunter. He literally says that. So like, says that Dean's entire worldview is like oh well if John found out about Sam and it wasn't Sam if it was just another random kid who had psychic abilities John would just murder him (laughs) which is I'm depressed I'm not gonna tell other hunters because they're gonna be like dad what like they're gonna be like oh yeah I haven't made that connection his entire like framework for how hunters work is based on John John and then he's sort of transferring John's specific individual person traits onto the entire group of hunters as a whole which is really interesting when we think about just two episodes ago gordon because they've Mm. really just recently interacted with a hunter who is exactly like that like john Mm, yeah and even more actually even more intense than john in a lot of ways but but who yeah gordon's like yeah no if they're they're not human i kill them like doesn't matter yeah and And so they've that confirmed and what's really funny about that interaction with like um, Sam and Dean and Gordon is that Dean starts off in that episode really relating to Gordon and really like forming that connection with him and being like, oh, he's, you know, like finally he's this guy who like gets it and he understands me, you know. And then by the end of the episode, he realizes, oh no, that's like one sick and twisted, like, you know, worldview. And it kind of takes that experience of him seeing it like with Sam, like, because Dean would have just gone in and killed all those vampires with Gordon he wouldn't have thought about Mm -hmm. it but it took Sam being like no 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 you need to take a step back you can't see the bigger picture and like having that interaction between the two of them to sort of overcome this like idea that Dean had initially of Gordon yeah no that makes sense and that's interesting when you consider this episode because they kind of get flipped a little bit in this episode where Sam is the one that's like I don't know, maybe we're all monsters. And Dean's mm-hmm. like, no, that's doesn't, that's not what makes you a monster. Like what you do makes you a monster or not a monster. Yeah. Though I will say, like, I'm further ahead in my rewatch than here. Like I went back to rewatch this episode. But like for the first like season and a half, every time there is somebody who's even slightly misunderstood or slightly monstrous, Sam's like, oh no, I'm evil. And like he just that's what he immediately jumps to. Yeah. Which is like, like a wild sort of thing. Yeah, it, there's no middle ground. He, he never is sort of like, oh, like maybe they're just being like, this is, he's always like, no, no, they're a murderer, so I'm a murderer. Like the show is like very heavy handed about the like, every time we have a Sam yeah. mirror, Sam must have a crisis about his own mm. humanity, yeah. which yeah. is just happens a lot <laughs> in this yeah. first season and a half, especially when we don't know because like we're starting to know. Like, we know it's the demon. We know that there are more than just, there's more than just Sam who've been affected. We don't actually really know anything else at this point. We just know his powers. Um, One thing that I wanted to mention was that I, when I first saw, like, you'd let us know in advance that the theme was going to be sanctuary. And when I first saw that, I was like, oh no, (laughs) because I was trying to think back on the episode and I was like, sanctuary, like, what can I talk about? 
that sanctuary because to me I'd always thought of sanctuary as like a place or like a building and like less about it as like a I don't know like a metaphysical concept (laughs) so when I was like actually watching the episode I was like oh wait no this is amazing because I was thinking about how sanctuary doesn't necessarily have to be a physical location it can actually be like the sanctuary like within your own mind and so like if I'm thinking about something right like you guys I can tell you I can choose to to share it but no one can pull it straight out of my head and no one can can influence me in the same way that we see in this episode and Mm -hmm. it got me really thinking about like that idea of what it means to have sanctuary within yourself and yet you choose to share all your thoughts about supernatural. I, look, it's a choice that I inflict <laughs> upon everyone, isn't it? <laughs> we're inviting we're inviting people into the sanctuary of our minds. Though, to be fair, when it's a supernatural related sanctuary, it's a little I don't know if I'd call it a sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a sanctuary, hell house, torture chamber, yeah. <laughs> Purgatory. Purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You don't even know what that means. No, I don't. See, this yeah. is when I was warning you earlier about how sometimes I make jokes about things I don't understand. This yeah. is what I'm talking That's about. Very fitting. But no, I really like that idea because I was kind of thinking about that as well, particularly with Sam in this yeah. episode, because like he is having his mind is being affected. So he's yeah. like that sanctuary is being taken from him by these like intrusive visions that he doesn't have control over and he admits he doesn't have control over and even if they can sort of like I said in my in my recap they can save one person they didn't save both and then later in the episode the woman who um sets herself alight you know like they only had like two seconds notice on that one like it was kind of happening happening as Sam saw it really um which sort of like obviously is a bit of a bummer for them because they don't really get a chance to do anything about it like especially that second one and it's very obvious that they sort of use that as a demonstration tactic that it's like it's definitely not Andy like Mm. all the other visions he's ever sort of had they've been sometimes days in advance sometimes days in advance so it's odd that this vision he doesn't have enough like sort of notice to theoretically be able to do something about it like he doesn't always practically have enough time to be able to do something about it but like normally he has at least like a theoretical chance in hell of being able to help somebody with his visions so it's interesting that they decided to make this one the one sort of exception to the rule where Mm -hmm. there's no time to do it because it's not even confirmed in the episode that it actually was a premonition it might just be an ordinary in real time vision or he saw it in real time or he saw it just after it happened like there is no no real chance at all for him to be able to do anything because there's no and they don't even establish that it was a future vision like it was something happening the 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 timeline goes fast like immediately yeah Yeah. and it's yeah which kind of implies that it was happening as he was having the vision or like basically right on top of each other which Mm -hmm is an interesting yeah it's interesting you pointed out because it's not happened before which is kind of just narratively convenient mm-hmm. like you yeah. said so, like it's <laughs> narratively convenient to so they can get to the point where they're like oh andy's not the bad guy really yeah. quickly otherwise it was going to take them a lot longer to get to andy's not the bad guy oh yeah and i didn't have time especially considering how dead set sam was that like no this man is evil and like we have to stop him you know yeah the way they shot it where it's like sam's like no he's evil 
and of course because it's Sam he's like he's evil so I am evil but like (laughs) he's like having a personal crisis as well as the like actual (laughs) crisis that's happening but Sam's like he's evil and then it like cuts to Andy and Andy's just chilling he's (laughs) you know he's driving around he's walking down the street like he Andy has not a care of the world he is so chill that is like the best adjective to describe Andy as a character like chill Actually, watching it back this afternoon, I realized that Andy kind of reminds me, like, his vibe, like, his whole, like, if you just, like, look at him and his, like, outfit and just the way he holds himself, it is very reminiscent for me of, like, end verse Cass. Oh. Which Jamie wouldn't okay. get. But do you see what I mean? I, like, the vibe. I see what you mean. Yeah. For, like, like, kind of, kind of different reasons, but also not entirely different reasons, honestly. Yeah like interesting interesting. mm, it's never occurred to me before but as I was watching it I was like oh like if you put those two characters side by side I think they'd be best friends like yeah (laughs) I think that yeah I think they would get along that's that's amazing that's hilarious that's great (laughs) I love that for those for those of you who are listening who know what have any idea what we're talking about you'll appreciate that and for the rest of you (laughs) stick around for multiple seasons and eventually that reference will make sense eventually you come back and listen to this and go oh that makes sense now (laughs) or you might think I was wrong so (laughs) if she's wrong go to tumblr and attack her (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get a message in four years yeah and it's just like um I just listened to this episode and fuck you (laughs) I disagree. There is no connection. They're not yeah. similar at all. <laughs> they would hate each other, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, while this kind of builds on to, like, the point I had before about, like, the concept of, like, your mind being invaded, but it from that, I kind of started thinking about what sanctuary means in terms of, like, how you identify. So, like, how you feel comfortable expressing yourself and I think, I know, I'm pretty sure later in your episodes, usually you talk about like gender as like a yes. specific topic. So this is kind of getting into that a little bit like prematurely, but um, I wanted to like point out that not only like, could you just apply that to like anyone, but particularly within Supernatural, I think like Dean in particular um, <laughs> definitely has his like expression of his identity versus like necessarily what might be an identity that he kind of keeps more to himself yeah or like comes out more when he's more comfortable or depending on what situation he's in or who he's with mm-hmm. um and I just thought like just while we were on the topic of it I thought it was like interesting to like think of as like a concept yeah which is interesting in this episode too even with like Andy because Andy also has this like yeah. identity persona that he's kind of crafted and that his powers are a part of but it's also like his whole chill vibe is sort of a presentation to the world a few years yeah it's it's almost it's not quite performative but it no. kind of is like it's just like a little bit performative I think mm-hmm. yeah and it, it well which like makes sense because like I don't know at least I've had this experience definitely of like you're always kind of sorting out like what are these things that I'm doing are performative and one of them are genuine and then and then those sometimes change and switch and sometimes you perform something for so long that it becomes sort of the reality or vice versa or like all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like oh I'm only performing this now it's not actually true anymore and yeah it's yeah yeah it's it's definitely a a journey that I think everyone probably goes on in some like in some form or other I also wanted to talk about sanctuary in relation to adoption 
Oh, because okay. I think that's a really interesting point to make with this yeah. episode. And just the fact that the way, like they are twins, they genetically are not dissimilar. The difference between Weber and Andy and having that sanctuary of home, like it's never confirmed that Weber had like a bad childhood or anything, but the difference in terms of like a sanctuary and a base growing up can have on the person you become. Yeah. Um, and that's also relevant in terms of like Sam and Dean and like growing up, the only real sanctuary they had was each other in the each car. other in the car. Because yeah. if you try to tell me that John Winchester was a sanctuary, I would <laughs> probably fist fight you in a parking lot. No, <laughs> absolutely not. John Winchester, nope. Giving a thumbs down to John Winchester is the idea of a sanctuary. Yeah. I definitely wrote notes about about them being a sanctuary for each other and about the car being a sanctuary. But yeah. Well, and that's interesting with um with the with the other these other two brothers that are kind of being contrasted with Sam and Dean because mm-hmm. Supernatural is like sibling sets. Yeah. Contrast <laughs> them with Sam and Dean every four episodes. Yeah. Um oh, we love our parallels in this fandom. <laughs> so much. Um again, you know, intentional or unintentional. What I found interesting about this particular contrast is yeah, like these are brothers that have been separated mm-hmm. and haven't had the sanctuary of each other. And and like the um, so Weber like identifies that as like the source. I think his actual name's Anson or something, but I'm just referring to him as Weber because Anson sounds like a stupid name. <laughs> Rip yeah. to anyone if that's your name. <laughs> well, it's not we just have... that his name's Anson; it's that it's Anson Weeb. It's just like no, a weird. Weeb, sorry, it's got a not a. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a strange name. It's a strange choice. They made some choices there. Yeah. I don't know why they made those choices. Speaking of names, though, we watched it with the captions on, and they spell Weber with one B. Which, yeah. At least on our captions, it was like W-E-B-E-R. I don't remember if it was one B or two Bs with my captions. But but when I say I fixate on nonsensical things, (laughs) this is what I mean. (laughs) They spoke to it with one B, and I thought that was really fucking weird. Yeah, I wouldn't pronounce it that way if it was one B. No. No. I'd pronounce it differently. Mm. but anyway <laughs> so with, in my brain it's double it's, b yeah that's my brain as well with yeah. it, but with like weber or anson or whatever that dude like he even identified that it's the lack of like relationship with his brother that's like he that's what he credits with the fact that he's decided to kill a whole bunch of people which you know like yeah cool motive still murder still murder yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting because that's you know, Dean spends a lot of different instances in this episode, like telling Sam, like, no, you're not a murderer. No, you're not the monster. No, you're not going to go dark side, like over and over and over. And he's telling Sam this and you're getting that contrasted with like these brothers who don't know each other and who isn't. And like Andy, who is unable to talk his brother off the ledge, like he's unable to, And he does end up having to like kill, he does end up killing his brother because he can't stop him from being evil, which you're getting that like, just. Yeah. What is going to happen with, what is going to happen with Sam and Eat? Like what happens if something with Sam and we don't know? Yeah. Don't know. And it kind of, it kind of ties into like a broader theme of Supernatural as well, which is the concept that family doesn't end with blood, but it also doesn't start there. Like, Andy and Weber were like obviously genetically siblings, but emotionally, socially, 
culturally they weren't they didn't they were no different like to strangers on the street well and you didn't Sam, know they were siblings for exactly many, for until, a long time yeah and I mean Andy didn't even know they were siblings until like you know a day before he killed him so you know whereas you yeah whereas you contrast that with Sam and Dean who like yes are genetically related but like also have actually yeah grown up together and have that they know each other back to front and you know well, isn't there another Winchester brother that they don't know I mean I I can't tell you that doesn't he get stuck in hell or some shit because <laughs> they just completely forget about him <laughs> I you feel see like the struggle that I have to go through it's so difficult <laughs> it's so difficult to move on I can't from tell you if you are right or wrong you're like that's an interesting theory Jamie <laughs> <laughs> interesting observation you've made there because i'm pretty sure he's played by like jake abel which like i know because i was in another fandom that he was in the movie of four, four so. <laughs> jamie like weirdly knows a bunch of actors from supernatural but from other things right because well, i mean like, i mean supernatural's had eight million actors over 15 years yeah because everyone's hilarious is dead so after this we're planning on watching leverage and um basically there's this fun character in it and I was looking like I was like oh what else has he been in because I really like him as an actor and he was in Supernatural and I'm like oh I like who I was like oh, hey, Bethany, have you heard just you wait just you wait because you're about to lose your mind Jamie I don't remember <laughs> his character name I think it's is it Jake yeah it's Jake okay so Jamie says to me Bethany who's Jake in Supernatural do you know who Jake is do you remember by name who Jake is in Supernatural because I didn't I'm not sure. Right? Because the only name that I could think of Jake related to Supernatural is Jake Abel. Yeah, right? that's the only one I can think of too. Can you grab your phone right now and type in Jake Supernatural and look at what this character is used for? Because I could not believe I didn't realize who this was. If it helps, the actor's name is Aldous Hodge. Yeah, so just like Aldous Hodge Supernatural. Aldous? Yeah, A-L-D-I-S. Speaking of strange names. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah, oh right? Gosh. Like, it's so important. And I it's such an important, that's so yeah. important. Oh man, and very relevant. Like, very relevant. And Jamie's like, oh, do you know, I'm like, who the fuck is Jake? I'm thinking it must be some background character who's yeah. in like, who like doesn't matter. And I looked it up and I was like, oh you're yeah, like, shit, oh, no, I know who is, that is. You're like, this is a this is significant. Significant, you will, yeah. And you will, you will know. <laughs> You will know, Jamie. You yeah. Know. <laughs> You'll know soon You'll enough. You'll know very so soon. <laughs> It'll be fantastic. I'm, I'm, it, see I'm so glad it wasn't just me who did not know who that was because no. I was like, who the fuck is that? No idea. <laughs> yeah. Because no, no I was like, there's an odd amount of like, there's a, not a lot of leverage fan fiction, but there's a lot of it that's like, I think we did the math and it was like 40% of leverage fan fiction is. <laughs> leverage crossover with supernatural fan fiction of course it is i mean yeah. it's so if much you've got, and I, I kept on seeing all these fics that were tagged like you know we meet jake's twin and i'm like <laughs> we do so love like, our... he must be a character named jake <laughs> like oh oh and, and there i can see not that i know anything about really about leverage but i can see based on that character the character in supernatural it being very ripe for the <laughs> crossing over sort of fix <laughs> but yeah, yeah so she had no idea and apparently they're really significant in 
the second season of Supernatural. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, you, you're like, you're like, when did they become significant? I've seen up to the eight. Like I'm running out of time. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll hit you right in the face and mm. you'll be like, oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Right. I sidetracked us. Sorry. Oh, it's great. I don't, I, I do not remember what we were talking about, but it's good. Um, oh. What was I going to say? Okay. Just a short sanctuary note was um, yeah. Dean in the car with his burrito or whatever gas station food. Mm-hmm. When he says, one day I'd like to sit down and eat something I didn't have to microwave at a mini mart. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, let sanctuary reference, you know, just that idea of like, Dean never had a stable home and yeah doesn't usually voice that mm. as like something he wants like See, he usually when we, pushes back sorry. against that when sam wants it but yeah go ahead when we were watching i'm like well hasn't he even been to like a restaurant like he thinks <laughs> <laughs> she i think he's up, referring to like... cooking though i think he's referring to like <laughs> him being able to cook food in a place that's like, not a- and she, bethany was like oh they don't have time for that and it'd be too expensive i'm like they could go to mcdonald's also they eat at diners all the time <laughs> so that's they do. true yeah because like, like he doesn't say like oh like i'd like to be able to like you know cook my own food properly or but does he, he just goes like i'd like directly? to sit down and eat a meal sometimes it's like that she makes africa makes a great point does he ever say anything that he means like directly oh or does he like sort of half say it and you'd have to like dig at it to be like, lines. what do you really mean by this? Yeah. You and I think we man. actually, <laughs> impression boy, we, <laughs> we uh, were talking about this actually a couple of episodes back when we recorded um, Tall Tales and it, uh, Sam's complaining about, you know, your food in the fridge that's disgusting and you've left, left your socks in the sink. And I was like, I couldn't believe that this was the sort of stuff that Dean was doing because like in later seasons, like he's such a like neat freak and like he takes such pride in like his environment. And we were actually talking about how like, I think it's because at that point it is his space that he owns. Like he's never had that before. The closest he's ever had is baby. And we know he takes meticulous care of baby. But he doesn't care about some place they're going to be for like two nights. Like who gives a shit about that? Yeah, I'll leave my socks in the sink. Who gives a shit? You know, it's different. Right, but, but like, you know. don't if you eat in baby, you better not spill because yeah, you know, we're not letting a dog in the car, Sam. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> he must not care too much about the car. He just straight up gave it away in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like when I say that I watch that scene and I like I'm like, don't do it every time. Yeah, even though I'm right? like, I know it's gonna, I know it's fine. Every time I'm just yeah. like yeah <laughs> watch the car drive away and he's like standing there like looking confused yeah. mm-hmm. when um <laughs> sam sees the car go by with andy behind the wheel and he's just like the look on his face like what how what how <laughs> like trying to like piece together in his mind how that could possibly have happened yeah. oh yeah it's 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 just it's very good. cinema <laughs> <laughs> uh Actually, in that case, it's kind of funny that they lose the car in this episode because that's, like, not only is, like, Andy, like, invaded the sanctuary of Dean's mind, but he's also removed from him the only sanctuary he has in a physical space, which is the car. Which he like, just, he just straight up drives it away. Yeah, which he just put all that time and energy into rebuilding as well. Which he rebuilt in the wake of, like, losing John. Ooh. Like Ooh, We lost you for a second there. <laughs> oh, am I back now? You're back yeah. now. Okay. I'll say that again in <laughs> case it didn't pick up. But but yeah. he rebuilt the Impala in the wake of losing John, which yeah. 
he had just gone through this whole arc of like kind of having his his opinions and like relationship with John sort of like uprooted like his ideas of John have been like uprooted in the first season Mm -hmm. even if he thought of John as any kind of sanctuary he doesn't anymore yeah and then the car he rebuilds and then the car gets stolen from him and like (laughs) it's just I'm actually surprised he's not angrier with Andy when they get the like they Mm. kind of gloss over the getting the car back and he doesn't yeah I think it's because he respects him because like Andy does the whole thing about like oh it's you know Impala's best year and like oh. I think Dean and Andy also if they got to spend more time together would also be besties. I did not realize I <laughs> I remembered this wrong. I thought that Dean and Andy like had a lot more like animosity. Yeah, and they and they were all like buddy buddy, and Dean was like, no, I like this guy like multiple times, which was surprising to me because I'd forgotten that that was the case. I thought yeah. that Sam was the more <laughs> suspicious one in this episode. Oh, hundred percent. But that's because I think Sam's doing that whole like I see myself in you kind of like mentality where Dean's like trying to see the best in Sam, therefore trying to see the best in Andy. He's like, well, yeah. you know, I I have to prove that you're not an evil monstrous killer because that way I can sort of prove to Sam that he's not an evil monstrous killer. Right. Because again, Sam sees somebody who has the potential to be dangerous, and he's like, oh, that's me. That's <laughs> I me. Is dangerous. I is going to become a murderer. Oops. And then Sam, well, Sam, and Sam's like, Sam's logic too to, in this episode is he's like, but I am a murderer. Like yeah. I kill things all the time. And you're like, Sam, Sam, let's slow down a little bit here. Like, like Sam, I killed a mosquito literally like two hours ago. Am I a monster? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, they are a vital part of that ecosystem, Bethany. Oh, um, um, it's funny though, like, it's almost like this episode is more related to like the disruption of sanctuary. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's like all of everyone's sanctuaries being invaded or like changed in some fundamental way rather than like being able to find a safe sanctuary. Because even at the top of the episode, um, there is a line where Dean calls Sam a freak. And it's like Sam's sanctuary, like a lot of it is Dean now, like since oh, yeah. just died. Mm-hmm. Dean is Sam's sanctuary. And so for that safe space and that sanctuary to be suddenly hostile by, you know, Dean's perception of Sam as a freak completely obliterates a whole bunch of the sense and of trust that he has in his brother. That's And not only does that happen, but then like three minutes later in a later scene he describes himself both himself and all the, uh, the other children who have powers as freaks like sam really takes that on board we actually talked about it. this in our episode as well but and like not in relation to sanctuary not in relation to sanctuary mm-hmm. but just like that monumental moment when dean actually says like calls him a freak because it's like the first time that yeah. dean has said anything like it's not like oh your freaky powers it's like you're a freak it's an identifier as opposed it's that like identity yeah. piece, like you said earlier it's that sense of like who are you and what is performance and what is perception and what's like yeah. real and that's like dean making it more real yeah and the reason i brought it up in our episode was because it becomes like if anyone's seen the show like sam and the word freak become like he uses it eternally and this is the first time it's used in the show and I didn't realize but it's like oh this moment like Sam carries that with him 
forever like he uses this as terminology in like season 14 like yeah. it like it sticks with him like this is a barb that cut deep yeah and you know? and because because it was you know for like dean it was like he you and you can tell even in that scene like he immediately realizes mm. not the full extent to which it's going to cause harm for sam but he realizes and tries to backtrack but like immediately but he can't it's the damage is done the damage is done and like those words are going to be a source of the back and forth and like this episode is a a, a kind of a little microcosm of the conflict that they're going to continue to have around like who sam is and what sam can do and sam's powers and like how dean perceives him based on those powers yeah and how dean is like constantly kind of going like swinging the pendulum between like yeah. you're a freak you're not a monster like yeah. you can you can be like you're a good person we're you're saving people to like actually i am a little scared of you i am a little scared of what might happen what you might do like even in this episode he swings back and forth and it comes out when he's like when andy tells him to tell the truth and like yeah and it's also like sam has sanctuary in dean in a way that dean I mean, this is a lot of like my opinion bleeding in, so like take it or leave it. But like in my opinion, because Dean has more of a parental relationship over Sam, it means that there are certain things that he doesn't feel he can discuss with Sam because it would be burdening him. Whereas like Mm -hmm. Sam, because he's got more like of that child to parent relationship, Mm -hmm. like so Sam can find more sanctuary in Dean than Dean feels comfortable finding in Sam. So like the fear... Yeah, the fear of Sam maybe not being okay, maybe I can't save Sam, is not something that Dean can confide in with Sam because that would be like, uh, he can't say that to his kid. No, why not? John did. (laughs) Well, fuck John, so. John doesn't count as a parental figure in this show. He barely counts as a functional adult. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that actually connects to something I was thinking about during this episode because, like, Sam because he's kind of had that model even though it's like really fucked up that his brother is his model for a parent yeah even because he's had that experience of like being able to take sanctuary in someone else he can so even like with Ellen like we see as soon as they start talking to Ellen Sam like just spills like yeah. tells it all and like tells about his powers and like trot like shows this like level of trust with Ellen like takes sanctuary mm-hmm. in like her as a trustworthy person as a maternal figure too yeah and dean is like it takes him a lot longer to get like from the beginning of the episode he's like i don't want to go to the roadhouse don't trust other hunters and then he's like this is family business we're gonna deal with it on our own like it he doesn't but he's not also not had ever in his life other than when he was like an infant a example of like a an adult figure to take sanctuary in so he doesn't have any experience in it so he's not like that's not his go-to to be like, oh, you know, adults can be helpful. Could maybe like, we could maybe be stronger if we get support. He's like, no, like. Yeah. And it's like Jamie's point from earlier as well, where we were talking about like John teaching them like mistrust in other hunters and like, you know, not exposing them to, to other people. But it's this idea where like, if we're going to say that Sam has like had sort of is modeling Dean's parenting, I guess, then Dean is modeling John's. So like John would not have trusted Ellen. Therefore, Dean is not going to trust Ellen with this information. But Sam, 
who like has seen like Dean growing up and it's like, oh, okay, well, Dean would have been more likely to trust like Bobby, right? So Sam is like, okay, and would equate Ellen to like Bobby. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Like, no, I feel I like I'm using a lot of hand gestures to explain my <laughs> point. So I don't know if it's going to come across, but if that makes sense, like, you know, Sam is more modeling Dean and Dean is modeling John, but by the time it gets to Sam, it's kind of diluted, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I don't have any. Okay, else to good. Do. I mean, <laughs> it does make sense. And hopefully it'll make sense to people beyond us. <laughs> don't look at me. I barely watched the show. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> Um, was there anything else related to you, either the theme or just things in general you wanted to be like, let's talk about if it's lore related, we'll talk about it in a little bit. And also if it's gender related, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but anything other than that? I did have, I spotted on your notes that you have a note about how PBR is a shitty beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. (laughs) One thing I noticed that I didn't notice on my original watch of this episode is that Basically, Ash trades one PBR for 15 minutes of his time, which as an IT professional, he should be waiting way more money than that because the PBR is what, like five bucks? Yeah, something like that. That's like 20 bucks. In, like he should and be making at least 30 can't even an be hour. That. He should value his skills. Yeah. Like back in, also this is back in like 2006, probably not even five bucks. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Got to account for that. It's probably like a three buck beer. <laughs> it's like- yeah. Like I get, I get paid more than that and I work in fast food. Like... <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So Ash, yeah. this is our 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 note to you. Um, charge more for your services. Yeah, charge more for your if we were to, if Ash. we were to do PSA value. like you do, like you yeah. you do in your show, that would be the PSA. Like if you if you work in IT, charge more <laughs> for your services. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, I didn't have anything else quite as fun. Um, but- <laughs> I uh, had a couple other notes about Sanctuary and I might just read my notes out and then if we want to expand on them, we can. Yeah. Um, But I had a note about the yellow-eyed demon actually is ruining the sanctuary that is the home for the people that's visited. So like they, the demon ruined the sanctuary that was the Winchester home and ruined the sanctuary that was the Gallagher home, Mm. you know, by coming in and disrupting it. Um, but also that we sort of covered this, I guess, a little bit before, but the sanctuary of your own reality and your own sanity, because we see a lot in this episode, like, for example, um, Tracy, yeah. who is Andy's, like, sort of girlfriend, not really, who, like, her entire reality, like, I mean, to be fair, everyone in this show's kind of reality has changed, but her perception of Andy and maybe of what their relationship was because he had never used that power on her. And I honestly think it's tragic that that relationship kind of got ruined because it's, a, she it's very sweet. Anymore. And she doesn't yeah. know that anymore. And also we her. know as the audience that Andy never used his powers on her, but yeah. she doesn't know that. Exactly. She doesn't know yeah. that. And honestly, like in her situation, yeah, I'd probably also be like, you know what? This doesn't feel... It's not it's a sanctuary. A it, can't, it can't be. It's like sometimes. How can you trust that once that sanctuary's been violated? Like the sanctuary yeah. of being able to assume that people can't control what you think or do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even towards the end of the episode, I made a note about there being a sanctuary found in knowledge and in a plan. 
because when they're talking to Ellen, she's saying to them, look, guys, this is not your war. This is just a war in general. We are all part of it. And unlike John, we need to prioritize sharing what information we have. So if you know something, you have to tell us. And it, it becomes this, you know, within like knowledge is power, right? Yeah. So the more knowledge that you have collectively as a group, and she makes the point, like at the moment, the other side holds all the cards. Like they have sanctuary in the fact that they're safe behind their wall of information. And these guys are kind of plodding along in their own little areas. Running blind, so it, really. Just yeah. Trying, they're just like exactly. trying shit and hoping it works. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let's fuck around and find out. Um, <laughs> but so if they can share that knowledge, they can build their own sanctuary, their own safe space within the confines of that knowledge, yeah. um, which at the moment, like everyone's just kind of doing their own shit. Yeah, which is crossing really, their fingers, hoping for the best, <laughs> and which is really like fitting then that that scene happens in the roadhouse, which yeah. is like this physical representation of like a sanctuary for hunters. Yeah, and that place where they are building the and also a sanctuary. sanctuary that they initially refused, but now are coming to accept as a sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. it's a full, that, full that, circle. That mm-hmm. They're they're breaking the patterns that John has like tried to ingrain in them. They're 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 being john's being proven wrong and they're actually like i would say thank god but i have a feeling that has other connotations (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) like we we won't touch that with a 10-foot pole no (laughs) we'll get there that's a whole different discussion (laughs) but i love that and i love what ellen says where ellen says you know at best all we got is us together no secrets or half-truths here yeah and like that's almost her like I wrote a note that like that's her staking claim to the Winchesters as part of the hunter community and not and saying you know you might think that this is just your family's thing you might think that you're okay just like dealing with this on your own she's like but that's not the reality and also like I think she knows that you know they need yes yes obviously the Winchesters have resources and skills and knowledge that will benefit all of the hunters but really like the Winchesters need the other hunters more than the hunters need the Winchesters at this point in the show oh, yeah yeah I mean up until like six months ago they still thought vampires were fucking extinct so, yeah. <laughs> so like they need the they need other hunters desperately this is yeah. Ellen being like mm, you are tiny children yeah we are um, taking you in <laughs> And we are already at a point in the season where we know more of this. So like, I don't know if you maybe want to leave this out when you do your final edit. But um, one thing that is kind of relevant to this is the fact that Ellen's husband died because John didn't give him all the information. Which we're going to know in the next episode. Or yeah, the next episode. So it's like, it's also that extra layer of like, she is fully fully aware of the consequences of people not sharing this kind of information yeah whereas like Sam and Dean because they've sort of been so sheltered from it all by John they don't really have so much of an idea at this point in time of the consequences of not being like open source essentially right because they've only lost really I mean they've lost other people as well for sure but like John is that the reason they lost John was not because of that that's really interesting. And that makes yeah. like Ellen makes me love Ellen even more because I love her. He her makes that just... choice to like welcome them in despite knowing, despite what she knows about them and their family. She goes, I'm not going to hold you accountable for like your parents' shitty decisions. 
Yeah. Because you yeah. don't deserve that either. I Which really is- wish we... I really wish we got like more interaction between like Bobby and Ellen. Yes. Because I think that between the two of them, they're like the ultimate like parental figures that like Sam and Dean actually needed. Yes, <laughs> they really are. I feel like fan- I feel like fandom has ruined me for the Bobby Ellen sort of like dynamic because I, ass- yeah. I always assume that they just have way more relationship than that we than we get shown in the show. Always in my mind, to be around each other. In my mind, the roadhouse is like next door to Bobby's salvage yard. Like that's in my brain. That's yeah. how it works. But then I watch the show and I'm like, oh fuck, they're like hours from each other. Yeah, like they don't I was really like, talk. <laughs> can't picture a map of the states in my brain, but like South Dakota and Oklahoma are not yeah. that. I don't know how long it would be. I look, I couldn't tell you. American states compared to Australian states are very confusing. Their states are like tiny yeah comparatively it's similar in terms to of like comparison us. for size yeah. Australia is like I think we're like 80% the size of America so like we're only like a little bit smaller than America we have what six states and territories yeah you have 50 something <laughs> I think your states are a lot more similar in size maybe a little smaller like I think they're a little bit smaller than ours just because proportionally depends on the state yeah. but yeah but yeah. like we we are like we our provinces are in Canada yeah. are very large as well so I'm always I like we have 13 we have 10 provinces and three territories that's yeah. it <laughs> I'm like we uh it's yeah. funny you run into I don't know if you've had this but like I've run into tourists before and they've said to us like we're like oh like where are you going and they're like from America and they're like oh we're, we're driving from Perth we're trying to get to Melbourne and we're like how long have you been driving? They're like, oh, like a few days. We're hoping to get there in the next couple of hours. We're like, oh, buddy, no, you're like halfway. Like, how long have you got this rental car for? They're like, oh, only a week. We're like, you should turn around. They're like, you want me and not make it back. <laughs> that, that would be like Canada. Because <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, it's only three states. It's like, yeah, bro, but like our states. But like, are have you looked same. at a map? Have you looked at how, yeah. how big states are? Because they're not all tiny. You can drive through a state in like a few hours pretty easily yeah yeah which is like what the next major city to us is like at least eight hour drive no it's more like 12 is it yeah oh there you go more like 12 yeah so yeah not <laughs> it'd be a bit different if we we're in like melbourne or sydney or something because they're quite close to each other yeah but where we are like now it's it's like i think from here to sydney it's something like a 18 hour drive or some shit wow yeah I am now looking yeah. it up because now I need to know <laughs> how far apart um the <laughs> roadhouse approximately the roadhouse and <laughs> is from I would, I would be intrigued right to find out how long it would take the brothers to drive from place to place I so like if we had like Bobby's know. Bobby's like the bunker the roadhouse and like I don't know what's like one other major um I mean like Lawrence is a big one but like yeah, they'll spend a lot of yeah. time in Chicago there's a lot of big stuff that happens in Chicago for some reason <laughs> it just happens to be like a thing that is... um I remember seeing someone on Tumblr did like a calculation at some point like how far they had traveled oh yeah, yeah so that's the equivalent of us driving like interstate yeah, so that's like it's well, like, yeah, because they're like several. But not just apart. interstate, because you can get to the closest state in just like a couple of 
hours from where we live. That's crazy. Yeah, just the city. Yeah, because to get to the city, you have to do another like eight hours of driving. This is driving through four states. Like they're like pretty. Like I mean, I'm just like this is just mapping the states, not like the specific (laughs) places. But it's still telling us that like the road has. If they were closer to the border, it'd be a couple of hours shorter. But it's not like it's at least like probably eight hour, eight to ten hours. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. You so can they, listen to Taylor Swift albums or oh, so many. So many. I All love that. Let's do the map. How many Taylor Swift albums? <laughs> Could you listen to her whole drive? discography in the drive yeah. between Ellen and Bobby's? And how many how times many- has Dean done that? How many 10 minute all too wells uh, could we get through? <laughs> <laughs> so many. The answer is so many. <laughs> well, look, I'm glad we've answered that question. Perfect. Yeah. In Beth and Jamie tradition, we never get through an episode without having to Google something. Oh, so sometimes we Google two every or time. Three things. Every yeah. time. Where is I made my notes? Well, I think we'll we'll end our like general episode discussion there. <laughs> um <laughs> before we add too much more to to anything. Um so the next thing that this is sorry. Yeah, so I just Googled it for reference about how big like Australia is so to drive from Perth to Melbourne it's a 36 hour drive that's wow without stopping without stopping that's so that's like from one end to the other that's from basically one side of the country to the other that's not even like if you were going to Queensland or something it'd be longer again wow it's like from left to right. Yeah. So when we say that tourists get lost and they're like, oh, we've been driving for like three days. We're hoping to get there in the next couple of hours. Like, no, honey, you're still like three days away. Yeah. See, that's like driving. Oh, I really love driving... seeing like for context, like what other countries are like. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. So yeah. like driving from Victoria, so like where I live to, mm-hmm. um, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Anyway, <laughs> driving from driving from British Columbia yeah. to, to Toronto uh, yeah. Yeah, is like 40 hours. Um, That's similar so distance, yeah. Similar distance. I didn't realize, I think I forget how big Australia is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do. It's because we've got a relatively small population considering the landmass. Because I mean, so, so much do of we. it is like uninhabitable. So yeah, do we well, for like the same yeah. reasons. <laughs> We're uninhabitable for like the opposite reasons you're uninhabitable. Yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> Just like too fucking cold here for anyone to like live very yeah. far. Like I think like something like 80% of the population of Canada lives within a hundred miles of the US border. Yeah, do you know, it's something like I think something a similar statistic of our population lives like along the coast east coast. Line. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. About sixty percent of our yeah. pop- of our total population lives in like the the outer rim. The outer <laughs> rim. Yeah. Just of uh, the eastern states, none of the others. Yeah. No. Well, we're gonna move from episode discussion. Um. So, the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna pick a theme song for the week. This can be any genre, any type of song. I have one. If either of you have one that suits I do have one I don't think I took this anywhere near as seriously as you will have oh but I <laughs> oh. did think of a song I'm so happy that you thought of a song can you tell us what your song is so in honor of them all gaining their powers on the 22nd birthday it's 22 by Taylor Swift oh I love that I love that <laughs> <laughs> no I want like a really dark like I really wanted like a dark acoustic version of that song yeah <laughs> matches with the tragedy of all these kids lives I love it. Um, 
I had a song which is not so much it's look it's not about the song itself it's just about the title Mm -hmm. so I went with we didn't start the fire (laughs) um (laughs) you might as well have gone with fucking midnight oil beds and they didn't they didn't set the ball rolling they didn't start the fire they're just living with the consequences so look it's look it's it's accurate it actually does work (laughs) <laughs> if not in tone if in in like literal yeah. words and theme it does <laughs> I love that um <laughs> I love that both I love both of those so much um so the one song Look, to add is actually- 22 much better fits the vibe of like Andy versus Sam though <laughs> yeah because Andy's like I turned 22 I got these powers it's fucking great it's lit, yeah it's, lit. it's true I um the song I was watching something else and they had this song playing and I was like literally right before I we came on to record this and I was like this actually works and it's enemy by imagine dragons which is new it's a new imagine Dragons song um I'm gonna like look up a lyric because there was a lyric right near the beginning where I was like ooh, it's it's like this song is in um the new like a new like anime series called arcane that my partner's watching and really loving oh so we watched, my like, the first, is watching that we watched the first like 20 minutes of it today because he really wanted to show me the it but there was just a couple lyrics where i was like "Ooh, like oh everybody know? wants to be my enemy sam carded yeah it's a very <laughs> sam song which is why i was like "Ooh, i think it'll it works for this episode it's just like everyone wants to be my enemy spare the sympathy look out for yourself that's like dean in the background like look out for yourself sammy yeah and sam's like look it's my enemy look it's my enemy yeah there's oh, just a, a bunch of like the road is long, so put the pedal into the floor. The enemy's on my trail. My energy unavailable. Oh, that's so it's, good. It's it hit it hits all the Sam emotions of this episode. So I like this progression. Our soundtrack for this episode mm. is Twenty Two by Taylor Swift. <laughs> start the fire and Enemy. So please, if you listen to these in a row and think of this episode, please tell us what that stirs up in you. Because that's so funny. <laughs> I what I find really playlist. funny though is we kind of do a playlist. Yes, I'm gonna make a playlist for all the season. I would love that. Yeah. We kind of hit the different characters though, because my song is about Andy. Your song's kind of about Dean. Yeah. And there's a, a Sam <laughs> code. Look at us go, covering all our bases. Yeah, oh, I really I, love actually looking at one of these like quotes here, like one of the lyrics. Um I've been out of shape thinking out the box I'm an astronaut and like Sam being like so out of the loop like he's only really come into hunting in the last like year and like he was like been so out of it like um I blasted off the planet rock to cause catastrophe and it matters more because I had it not like it's uh had I thought about wreaking havoc on an opposition kind of shocking they wanted static with precision like that's like it's very apt it's very Sam coded it's very much like his yeah whole, his whole process in this season of like yeah he's come back in now and he's got all these powers and he has no idea what's going on with them but he's yeah. got this sense of destiny slash doom and we're not sure which one <laughs> oh, cool. oh I'm gonna listen to that um before I go to bed tonight I'm gonna be bopping away it's gonna be great it's great it's great I like yeah I'm very happy with this I'll never I'll never be a saint no way oh oh just like way too fitting yeah (laughs) way too fitting (laughs) 
<laughs> even more than like and I honestly chose it based on like listening to like the first 30 seconds of it in arcane and chose it and then went like oh wow this really works on multiple levels these lyrics are very isn't that funny how that happens sometimes yeah like he just picks like on a whim and you're like oh shit this works like a million times better than I thought so fun accidents don't happen accidentally <laughs> Um, so next we're going to move into our going meta segment where we're tracking lore, the Bechdel test, pop culture, all this fun stuff. First off, we have our death counter. So the saga around this, Jamie, has been that I originally was like, we're just going to track significant deaths. And then one of my co-hosts was like, no, we have to talk about everyone who's died because they all matter. So I changed the segment because he bugged me about it in four different episodes. So I was like, fine, 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 I'll change it. You're welcome, Jacob. Um, so now we check all of them. Um, so meaningful human lives in this episode that do not survive. We have the guy at the beginning in, or like a kind of, because then it doesn't end up happening. So it doesn't really count. Um, yeah. I don't he know. dies in a vision. The guy in the vision. Store, yeah. He doesn't actually die. But like Dr. Jennings, Yeah. Holly, Mm-hmm. The, and again the woman on the bridge is just a vision again so oh tracy yeah tracy yeah so we really yeah. only have t- I, I think we only actually have two two actual oh and um on weber, weber of course oh and weber is, yeah yeah <laughs> that's incredibly plot relevant yeah though <laughs> so, uh, yeah i wouldn't put him in significant deaths because he's not significant he well actually we would have been really moving forward but he's, he's significant in this episode yeah, yeah he's well, and he's the, the main problem of this episode yeah and he he's significant. directly causes the other deaths and he's significant because like I, when we've been talking like like significant deaths like we've been talking like major characters like so far we've had like mary jess and john have yeah. made, made this list but i almost like there's almost a, a reason rationale for putting weber in there because he's one of these children special children i think yeah. we may have also put um in season one uh what's oh i'm blanking on his name the oh max max, max. i think max. we also put max on the major characters because of just like his significance as another one of the yeah and the overarching plot. yeah yeah so next we have the bechdel test does this episode pass the bechdel test no no I mean, it has one female name character it's already falling at the first obstacle no we have ellen and joe holly ellen ellen joe holly and tracy are the four yeah Yeah. and ellen and joe have an interaction where ellen is like go grab a case of beer yeah it's technically not about men but it's kind of this for the service of men yeah (laughs) i don't like if it passes it's like a you know c minus pass like yeah. technically passed but like you're on thin be- fucking ice yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like it's definitely the interaction they have is certainly under a minute so i feel like to me that like i wouldn't personally class it as a pass i don't no. know if it passes on but it's also not actually a conversation true it's like uh, it's like two like lines says back and one forth. thing to her and then she walks away and no they, they do go like back and not- forth it is like there is like more than yeah. one line each Mm, yeah but yeah again technicality i don't 
isn't it sad that like this is the point that we're like well they did have more than one line so is this representation it's like that meme where it's like the little butterflies like oh is this a good female character you know like yeah yeah so supernatural do better challenge <laughs> I feel like it's a little late yes. now I hate to inform you of this but it did in fact end last year it doesn't feel like it did <laughs> it doesn't and, ever end if you don't let it <laughs> which it might just be that that supernatural is the most true show that for that yeah <laughs> it might just never end it might just <laughs> might just continue to create more content forever well Jensen's gonna do his prequel so <laughs> I said to Jamie, I was like, we're never going to run out of content because by the time we finish the initial series, the prequel will have released. We can start on that. It'll be great. <laughs> I kind of like want to, like, if, if that actually happens, if there becomes, if there's any kind of spinoff show, yeah. I kind of want to do it like a live, like yes. as it's airing when you, when you, I also have no idea how it's going to end up because it sounds yeah. Stupid neighbors. Oh, stupid neighbors. Sorry, we've got an ongoing feud with our neighbors. They don't know. They don't know about it, but we do. They have this obsession with that. Do you guys have wheelie bins? You like garbage, wheelie garbage bins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have them obviously like out for collection. And for some fucking reason, I've got a neighbor who's obsessed with it. And he's like wheels it up and down his driveway. Like I swear to God, every time we're recording, he's like, right, time to take out the bin. Off he goes. One time he went out of his house, looked in his bin closed the bin went back to his house came back out looked in his bin close and every time he does it we have to stop recording because it's loud why and so, <laughs> why is he doing what is what is the like purpose behind it literally could not tell you but <laughs> it's so like, infuriating yeah <laughs> because those wheelie Sorry, bins are super loud they are and they put them right so like our fence like the fence of the house like my bedroom wall is here and then their fence is here oh. so like they put them against the fence and it's oh it's Sorry, that's why we stopped because Jamie saw him out the window and we were like, fuck, we're going to have a, <laughs> a wheelie bin noise, but I think he's gone back inside. I think you might have just pulled up. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. It's good. it's good. Is there anything else about the female characters that you want to say of note? I love that Dean is terrified of Ellen. Oh, it's uh, so good. So I good. That is rightfully so, so. Rightfully so. Like, he's like respectfully... Yes. scared of her and I think that is the exact reaction he should have <laughs> oh yes and I love that he's like clocked that and also that Joe has clocked that yeah exactly <laughs> like Joe just like sees Dean and is like I know exactly what your deal is and oh, she yeah. did that from her first episode and it's, yeah I love it every time Joe's just yeah. like yeah I know I know and also like yeah. yeah um what was the other thing I was gonna say oh Actually, no, we're gonna know we'll talk about that later. That's not related to this, that's related to something else. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I had anything else on, not on specifically. No. I didn't even remember like them having that conversation. That's how insignificant it was, <laughs> it's like very insignificant. Yeah, it's like I only noticed it because I was like looking for it specifically yeah. when we we're watching. Um, next is lore and we kind of covered a bunch of this kind of already, but we've got more references to the man with the yellow eyes saying, mm -hmm. coming to people in dreams, saying they're special, saying he has plans for them, which is like pretty much verbatim what we've gotten a few times 
like yeah. what what the it's what the demon said to John about Sam. It's interesting to note, and I can't remember if we brought this up when we covered these episodes or not, but like it seems to me that the demon is like there aren't he's only contacting certain of the children. Like he's not coming to all of them in their dreams, which is interesting because you'd think that like everything else about how he's targeted, like obviously there's no clear definition as to why he's targeted each family at this point Mm -hmm. but like there's a lot of patterns that they can track like obviously like if the mother walks in like they burn on the ceiling and like all these things but but if the mother walks in yeah it's like you know how like we were talking about in one of the like because some of the mothers haven't died and we were talking about like Like if the demon's interrupted like Weber's Weber's adopted mom didn't die yeah it's been so long since we've talked about any of the She's main like, oh, plot that i've forgotten <laughs> half of it um <laughs> fair but yeah no so it's interesting like the the demon's obviously not contacting all of the children because sam yeah. hasn't heard from him like yeah you know and andy clearly hasn't how rude the demon left him on red <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah sam's almost- actively looking for him and he's like mm, no nah, but it's pass. almost like it's almost like i wonder like if the demons only really communicating with the ones that are progressing with their powers in like really like intentional sort of like like Weber talks about how he's like learned to control them. Yeah, and, and so he's like tapping into it. Too. Whereas Andy's just using it to kind of like dick around and yeah, like have and a Sam, time. And Sam's got no fucking idea what's going on. No. So <laughs> and Sam's and Sam, if he did, he's only trying to like. Take he he would use it against the demon, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I don't know. That's that's a theory. I yeah. <laughs> don't really have a. I don't know, but it's interesting. It is interesting with what we know so far. Don't look at me. I never have any evidence to support my theories. <laughs> <laughs> so far, every time you've brought up a theory, I, I've been very intrigued by it. Based on, <laughs> I love hearing uh, at the end of our episodes for anyone who's not heard. I get Jamie to predict what she thinks is going to happen in the next episode, purely based on the title. I laugh and so hard every time. Some of her predictions are iconic. <laughs> they I'm really, really mad are. that Hell House prediction was wrong. Yeah, that's a really unfortunate one because it was a good prediction. <laughs> I was really excited for the episode I had in my brain. <laughs> always. Yeah, that's fair. Next is locations. This story we kind of already talked about the locations where the story takes place it takes place at the yeah. roadhouse and it takes place in like a, I don't think they state really where Andy is I think we think it we kind of assume it's close to yeah there ish they don't seem to spend a lot of time traveling sort of undefined um location yeah. um it's filmed all over Delta the city that I yeah I know pretty well um but they also film a little bit at uh Capilano Re- Regional Park which my personal connection to that is that it has a really great suspension bridge in that park <laughs> called the Capilano Suspension Bridge. And at Christmas time, they like, they like, I don't know if they still do, but they put out just a ton of Christmas lights and like these big or like white orbs that hang everywhere. And you can like walk across suspension bridge and it's kind of magical because it's all like lit, lit up. Oh my oh, God, that sounds amazing. It's it is amazing. Now I've my... only been like one time because it's expensive, but it's magical. <laughs> Oh my god! It's now my life goal to go there. <laughs> oh, it's 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 very and it's like the trees. That sounds beautiful. Very, very Our next vacation plan, Beth. <gasps> yes. That sounds <laughs> if you incredible. ever make it to Canada, yeah. 
<laughs> Look, give us a few years to get yeah. through uh, the pandemic yes, that exactly. shall not be named. And uh, <laughs> yes. oh, so I'm about to be broke again. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, very quickly, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm go. so sorry. I will be back. I actually also do, <laughs> yes. so I'm going to also do that. <laughs> I will return. Whoa, I'll chill here. That's fine. I'm going to like pause the recording so that I don't have a bunch to cut out. I can find the button. Here we go. Yeah, we're back. All right. Um, next um, is pop culture. There are a lot of references in this episode. There's a Bewitched yeah. reference. There is an O.J. Simpson reference. There's a reference to a bunch of philosophers. And a Moby bunch Dick. of Star Wars. Yeah, Ario Speedwagon and so much Star Wars. So much Star Wars. Which, <laughs> you know, goes along really well with the whole, like... Everyone can be mind-controlled thing. Yeah. <laughs> it really, like, it, it's... And, you know, we've seen them make Star Wars references before. And they will continue to. Mm. but I never find them less delightful no I don't did you say the part about the you said the part of you said yes you did say the The license plate plate earlier yeah I was trying to that was it was an essential part of the episode do you know what's so funny is I had never noticed that before so we were watching the episode and I was like wait a minute she literally did and I got up and I was like look Jamie And I'm there, like, I'm, I'm blind, I can't see. I got up and I stood in front of the TV so I could point at it and be like, look, it says this. <laughs> the things you notice after so many rewatches, right? Yeah, like, right. never noticed like, before. You think I don't, I don't think I've at this before, point, At this point, you would think that you, like, I know everything there is to know, but look, I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, and last in our going meta, we have our gaydar section which is really just sexuality and gender connections and i have not a lot to say on this except so <laughs> you're gonna hear in the episode i'm gonna try that again if you've listened to the previous episode where we met ash um kj and i had a whole conversation about ash and dean and what we see as flirting that is happening in their first interaction because we choose to see it that way and Nobody can stop us. Um, <laughs> Everything is open for interpretation. Exactly. Oh, if I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so... Sorry. Go ahead. That, that phrasing just triggered me so hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. If you know, you know. If you I'm know, you phrase, know. <laughs> not in this fandom, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this fandom, that Other is reasons probably, admitted. probably one, of the, one of the most... Yeah, that's probably one of the things. One of the things you just that you, that goes in a, that's on bingo sheets. That's on Super yeah, bingo exactly um, <laughs> for cons. You know, for I don't know, no reason. Normal fandom stuff. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, we have another interaction between Dean and Ash this episode, um, where Dean uses that nickname that Ash has given himself on his door, and I just found it funny. I love it. I love that Ash's immediate like response to them needing his help is like, oh, better put my pants on then. Like, <laughs> I love him so much. Ash he's a such character. a great character. He is such a great character. I every time he's on screen, I just want him to be on screen more because yeah. he cracks me up. Yeah, no, same. And I love like he's quite an interesting character to put in contrast to Ellen and Joe. Because they're quite like relatively like down to earth serious characters, and he's just kind of like there for the shits and giggles, like yeah, you know, <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> I would like to continue my campaign of let Ash say fuck 2K21 though. Oh yes, because it just <laughs> feels seems like he like deserves to be out of swear. It seems that it's weird that he doesn't. Like it feels mm. like it's it's a missing part of his dialogue. Mm. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, it feels like it's a missing part of the dialogue of the show in general. Oh, there's a I follow this Twitter account. I don't remember its handle. If I remember it, I'll put it in the show notes. But that's just like supernatural. But if they were allowed to swear, and Same, it's just people yeah. <laughs> taking quotes and like screen caps of quotes and putting the quote, but putting yeah. swear words in it. And it, I, I love just it. love the account so much because it. I, you half the time I read them and then I'm like, wait, that wasn't what that yeah. dialogue was. It just said I can hear it in my head in their voices. Yeah, I can't wait until we get up to being able to talk about the ghost faces effect. Yes, I th- that I love that concept so much, and I I can't wait to be able to like share it properly with Jamie. And if yes. anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, believe me when I say. It's so fun and so interesting, especially from a meta perspective. Oh, yes. Like, it's- if you like meta and the show, the ghost faces effect is just, it's like peak supernatural, like, for so many reasons. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's on the earlier end, too. Like, yeah. the show gets more like, meta as it goes soon. along. But it's like, mm. that's an early meta thing, which is awesome. Yeah. On a less funny note in terms of like okay. gender there is one comment that I wanted to make a note about that that felt like it fit here better than anywhere else so there's a moment like when Dean and Sam are talking like after and they're talking about and Dean's talking about like being mind controlled and saying like it doesn't count and he says it's like being roofied man it doesn't count basically being like basically saying you know what I said like when he was like forcing me to tell the truth doesn't count he says it's like being roofied and just from like a like that's a line that is really interesting from the gendered perspective um and the coding of like dean as as a character the character and like we going along with like conversations we've had about how like dean how many times dean has been bait in the show so far and Mm -hmm. how many times like he is like parentified in a motherly specific way um i yeah just think we use a phrase quite often that i feel like describes this really well which is big yikes (laughs) yes yeah that is the academic (laughs) term (laughs) big yikes yikes. um yeah big yikes i think um this is sort of getting into some later episodes, but there is a episode down the track where roofies are actually involved. And Dean makes a point of being like, oh, they're roofies. And Sam's like, how do you know what a roofie looks like? And Dean's like, how do you not? Like, what are you talking about? How do you not know what that looks like, dude? Like, you know, that's that's an essential like safety thing. Yeah. Um, and, and the implication also- of that. Yeah, that yeah. Dean has had enough, enough experiences that more than once in the show, he's identifying yeah. that he, yeah, you know, and big yikes, big yikes, yikes. big uh, yikes. Yeah, and then you know, there's also like, I don't want to get too into it because in case people are looking out for spoilers or Jamie in general, uh, who doesn't really <laughs> know a lot. In the other room. But like, there is something. There's a particular scene where, if you know what I'm talking about, you'll know that was cut from quite a late season script, which talks about John using Dean as bait, 
particularly yeah. in the do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, so the one of the I truck drivers. I feel like I heard about that out of context. Yes, that is the one I'm talking okay, about. Yeah. Um, and that in particular is very interesting yeah. in relation to this conversation, but also in terms of sort of closer to where we're at. I realized when I was listening back to our episode about Dead Man's Blood, there was a point that I meant to make about Dean and gender that I forgot. And it's very relevant to this. Do you mind if I hijack for just a second do, and talk about do it? it? Please do. I, I don't remember if you guys mentioned this in your episode either, but I was so angry with myself when I listened back to the edit and I was like, I can't believe I didn't make this point, which was when in Dead Man's Blood, Sam and John are arguing um, mm -hmm. and it's like, it's quite a dark scene and it's yeah. Dean is standing between them and he's trying to break it up. I mean, all the scenes are dark, but look. Um, <laughs> I just had to laugh. I just had to laugh yeah. at Dean. <laughs> um, and so you've got Sam and John who are arguing and they're kind of front and center in the screen and Dean's standing between them and looking, he's quite small in comparison to standing further back and he's trying to come between them. And in our episode, we talked a bit about the dynamic of that but what I realized I didn't mention was that Dean was 100% being framed as like the woman in those yes. episodes where yeah. it's like, boys don't fight. Like, no, yeah. like, I don't want you to fight over me. I don't like, want you to fight you about this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, cause and in the, the implication that they're fighting over him, which they are. Yeah. Though they won't directly, they don't directly say it. Yes, in that episode. Indirectly. And they also use the visual shorthand that a lot of TV shows and movies yeah. use to, you know, highlight, yeah. you know, how weak and powerless the woman is as she tries to split yeah. up the big strong men. They use the same <laughs> yeah. framing yeah. techniques that are really common in those sort of and scenes. And even it's right hitting before. them on the chest. Like even yeah. that, like That's hitting true. on the chest. It's such a like stereotype trope that is used with women breaking up men's fights mm -hmm. all the time and then the woman and with the woman then choosing which one to go with and like which one to like like he, he grabs sam and moves sam and goes like yeah and like like he's like okay you're my sam. man in this context yeah. i'm gonna remove you because like i'm it's that stupid thing of like as a woman you become responsible for the male like that you're representing i guess like <laughs> You know, so the stupid, one that but you've yeah. aligned yourself with, you end yeah. up being like, okay, I'm responsible for your actions, even though that is the most stupid, like, possible thing. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to take responsibility for Sam and I'm going to remove him from the situation. Yeah. And I'll just let John figure himself out. Yeah. And so I just, I realized because I never brought it up and I was like, this is so relevant to this topic. It's I just so wanted to, like, topic. bring it and up now. Yeah. No, thank you for doing that. And it's also, like, in that episode it's also like right before not right before but it's a little bit before like later on in that episode dane is bait in a, yeah. and again a shot again that is the, a, the traditional female shot of a female character being bait like the yeah. one replace dane with megan fox and you've got a transformers shot <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's it's kind of like that thing where like you could interchange dean winchester and buffy summers yes like, Yes. They're just, you can just flip them like Dean could do. Like, I'm shaking in my stylish yet affordable boots, you know, like. <laughs> and has said lines like that before. Exactly. Like, has said lines exactly. that are very much that. And even the, this this line, as like tragic as this, and big yikes as this line is, is a mm -hmm. line like that, where like it's the kind of line that like a female character casually says to indicate the kind of experiences they've had in the world yeah. based on their. The way they're perceived by society and like dean is being codified in that same way yeah in very very interesting 
we'll come back to it again because we always do <laughs> we find ways I really love actually like when I'm listening to your podcast I love listening to you talking about like your gaydar and like gender <laughs> section because it's it is so interesting to get like everybody has their own subjective experience in these yeah. areas and it's so fascinating to get like everyone's perspectives and like how they interpret scenes based on their own subjective yeah. experiences oh for sure like it's fascinating to me and it's so it's so it makes it richer yeah I think that's what's been really cool about having those conversations and having them with a variety of different people who yeah you know like every we have on our show we have a mix of trans and cis people we have um, like a mix of like experiences in terms of like childhood and and currently and different like elements of queer relationships and it's yeah it means means that everyone brings something differently to the text so to speak (laughs) um and then take stuff out of it which is, is cool I like it so I appreciate you bringing in you two bringing in yours um your perspectives on it so our last thing today is Q&A. And so in this, we are attempting to propose an answer to something the episode doesn't answer, particularly <laughs> relating to like writing, filming, acting. So, you know, and Jamie, you'd be great because you really have no idea. <laughs> um, and I'm actually going to ask. So if you would like, if you are, nope, crying again. If you are listening to this episode and you would like to submit a question for a future episode, send us a voicemail or tag us on tip talk or Twitter or send us a message. Our, all the links are in the description. Um, yeah, we'd love to answer any burning questions you have or you know, attempt an answer and you can argue with us about it. That's fine too. <laughs> so today my question is actually gonna be the same question that, that I talked about in the previous episode or sorry, two episodes ago with KJ because I wanna hear your opinions on it as well. Okay, <laughs> more. And it's actually also gonna be related to Ash. Um, so my question is, What's Ash's backstory? Because we don't know it. How does he get into this life? Because he's not related to Joe and Ellen as far as we know. We know very little about him. What is his back? Do you have a proposed backstory? How how does Ash end up at the roadhouse with Joe and Ellen? Because it seems like a brother to Joe and I, we don't have any reason. I've never ever thought about this, but I, now that you've said it, I can't believe I've never thought about this. That is, what, and like the remember? fandom doesn't talk about it. I've not no. like really heard a compelling like this is the, know, like the fandom has a theory for everything, and everything. I've never heard a theory for this. Do you know what is hilarious? Is that like every I have read thousands of fan fictions, <laughs> and like in so many of them, it's like oh, um, Ash is just there. This a yes, yeah, this a year where like um. Bobby and Ellen are married and Ellen's like Joe is Bobby's stepdaughter and like that's how they know Dean and like or Charlie is in there somehow or whatever and it's they are all like they use the characters and they give them their own families and their reasons for being there I genuinely has anyone ever given Ash parents no I've never in I and also have read many I've never seen Ash's parents never seen like he's never and he's never like I very rarely seen him stuck as like a sibling to anyone else like they yeah, usually he's usually I've just him as a sibling he's just kind of exists he's like in his own, he's like a little void yeah <laughs> like who are you and where did you come from that is so bizarre I can't believe I've never thought about it. I'm very excited now to listen to that episode because I want to know what <laughs> what you guys have already said do you do you have a thought like what comes to your mind 
Well, well I'm just trying to think of what we have been told about Ash's backstory and all we got was that he dropped out of MIT, isn't it? Yeah, that's the only oh thing gosh. we've been told. And that he's a genius. That's what Joe said. He's a genius. He said he's dropped out of MIT. He likes crappy beer. <laughs> he has a mullet. He doesn't value his work enough. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So I can think of how... All right. All right. I think I've got something. I Just remember, I'm... we are guests on this podcast. No existential <laughs> crises today. I'll try like, not to have how to pronounce that. Sorry. I'm well known for my crises, but look, I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. So my theory is that Ash was born to, like, I'm going to say, because we actually don't know what his, his name is Ash, but like, what's Ash short for, right? Like it could be Ashley, I guess. I'm going to say that his name is short for like Ashland, like something quite formal because he was born into high society with very well-to-do parents, right? Very strict, very like absent as per supernatural general. They grew a mullet and they disowned it. (laughs) (laughs) So like he, you know, he was raised like in this like well-to-do land and that's how he, you know, got to have the opportunity to go to a school like MIT and then, but you know, it just wasn't really for him, you know, he just wasn't feeling it. It's not his vibe. And so when he like went off to school, he was like, oh, actually, I don't really want to do that. And so he dropped out of MIT and I reckon somehow the black market is involved because we know how hunters need their, you know, their various random ingredients. I feel like maybe, maybe Ash was somehow involved in like the black market hunter trading. Do you think he has a really popular like like an Etsy yeah (laughs) black market version of an Etsy shop yeah exactly so that's how he got connections with hunters he was like you know I need a job because I'm like leave at MIT and they were like oh we can hook you up and then that's how he started working at the roadhouse does he actually work at the roadhouse though I don't know or does he just work out of the roadhouse I think think he just like rented a room or something like at the it's really hard to tell again yeah. like <laughs> joe kind of treats him like a sibling so you kind of get the yeah. impression that he lives there i've seen a post floating around tumblr about how supernatural spent a lot of time building a world but then kind of forgot to build a world like and this just seems like one of these holes yeah it's just like, it's like a very yeah. big hole yeah, yeah i think we had i think we actually i actually reblogged this onto our tumblr or at least it's on our queue um, so if you're interested, you can go back and find it. But I'm pretty sure the post was something along the lines of like Supernatural is kind of like one of those video games where like if anything is like out of the zone of like the playable <laughs> character, it's just like frozen in time and doesn't do anything. Like it hasn't loaded in yet. It's like we don't get close enough to Ash to populate his backstory. Right. Like, we don't even get a <laughs> fucking last name for him. Exactly. Like, he does not exist except when they need something in the episodes he's in exactly exactly yeah um i love that theory (laughs) i love it (laughs) did you have a theory jamie i mean i have lots of theories i don't know how um you cannot be wrong you cannot be wrong we literally know nothing more than we know you know now i don't think we know anything else substantial about him ever Mm -mm. okay so i feel like for the sake of balance i've got to go to the opposite of that yeah okay yeah he was dirt poor, raised a foster kid, managed to pull himself enough together enough to like get into MIT. He's mirroring Sam now. He's getting a full ride scholarship. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we know how much they like their mirrors in parallel. It's, it's true. I'm liking this. 
techboy at MIT.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his new email address. Um, his and mom. then something happened where he was confronted with the supernatural, which tanked his grades, made him lose his full ride scholarship to MIT. I'm, go- I'm going tragic with this backstory. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, he lost his scholarship to MIT. He sort of was then just searching for a cheap place to live and work so that he wouldn't be broken destitute on the street. He'd come across the roadhouse. He met um, Joe and Ellen. They had solutions and they had answers for his questions. Um, And from there, they worked out that his skills that he developed at MIT before he got kicked out were actually really useful in that and that's when he sort of stepped into the role of Dr. Badass who acquires things and does research for other hunters and gets paid not enough to do it. He gets paid in shitty beer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know I think does Ash tell us why he left MIT? I feel like he does. Like maybe he got did he get kicked out for five I'm looking I'm gonna look it up because I'm I feel like I'm pulling it up on a wiki. Um he thrown out for fighting. Hey, and go. it says this wiki says he arrived at the roadhouse in March of 2001, but I don't know. <laughs> there's a citation, so I'm gonna pull up the citation. I don't see. Okay, this citation is not. Oh, Joe's journal. So it's like a oh, okay. semi-canon. So that's up for sure. that's up for interpretation. Um <laughs> he he there's a few things they they note. Um Oh, that's really funny. Oh, I forgot this. I forgot this. Um, so the actor, <laughs> the actor was also in Fast and the Furious. And oh, his character really? is told at one point in Fast and the Furious, you should be going to MIT or something. <laughs> Which I remember when I saw Fast and the Furious, like rewatched, saw it, I, I like laughed because I was like, wait a sec, wait a sec. This is very niche, but I need them to be in the same universe now because oh that's so funny no okay supernatural universe honestly like connecting supernatural to things is way easier than people would think (laughs) like it's everywhere (laughs) everywhere okay okay i can't as as jp was talking i was like i have another i have a theory that's kind of related um we don't because we know so little about ash we can we can believe it so what if Ash is another one of the special children? What if Ash is connected to all of this because he has this like genius level like intelligence, which like maybe is I just him this. being intelligent. I think they call it technopathy if it's like a specifically technology related like sort of ingenuity. like right. ingenuity and telekinesis and being able to, I'm going to Google it to make sure my phrasing is right. And like That's... he is an expert hacker and he is able to track a, the demon, which would be really fascinating if part of the reason he's able to track him is because of the connection. Yeah, technopathy, a psychic ability to, to control electronic machinery and or read electronic signals. That's that as a theory is inspired. Also, <laughs> also because you know what's happening, you know what's coming. Yeah. It makes it works with what's coming at the end of, of season two. Yeah, it, it really does. does. Yeah. It, it like also apparently according to this wiki, it again, there's no citation here. So I'm like, 
but it and then I think this might be a like later reference but it says he's fluent in Enochian which oh oh I, do you know what I think that might be a later thing I can't I'm trying to remember really say anything because of Jamie but I'm pretty yeah. sure when he comes Fine, up just in blame a, me then. when he comes up in a different location in yeah, the later season I think so. I'm pretty sure he's learned okay he's, yeah that makes sense that makes sense I think I, I'm assuming you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, and I, that makes sense. It also apparently the act he, the actor also was in Buffy, and he also played a computer genius slash hacker. Wait, who did he play in Buffy? He played one named David Kirby in season one, and he fell under the influence of a demon. After oh. he, and then after he refused to kill Buffy, he was murdered. So like the Buffy supernatural crossover universe is real. Um, and oh my in- god yeah yeah look at him yeah. oh one little baby yeah <laughs> oh that's honestly like the supernatural universe is just you know how like there's that whole theory about like six degrees of separation yeah supernatural is like two degrees it's like, two like degrees. <laughs> you find it everywhere it's like i think the tagline on our tumblr we had it initially as something along the lines of like everything's about supernatural if you dig down deep enough because like it, it's just everywhere not even very you deep really you just need like it. a sho- you just you don't even need like a shovel you just need like one of those little kitty shovels yeah and you just like <laughs> scrape up some dirt and you're like there it is Quite genuine you need like a leaf blower like you'll find it <laughs> amazing well finally today we have our fic wreck of the week. And I I tried. I tried to find a good fic with Ash at the center. But again, this fandom has severely neglected him as a character. And I couldn't find anything when I was looking. So I'm going to recommend a fic from many, many years ago that actually doesn't even, isn't even like the you the writer has like their stuff has all disappeared but I found an oh. archive of it because it was a fic that I like loved years and years ago mm-hmm. um it's not related to this episode at all but <laughs> here we are it's called no line on the horizon it's but it is a like pre kind of pre-series season one era sort of Stanford era fic Ooh, love that um and I don't want to like give away it's not very long I don't want to give away sort of punchline of it, but it's like, it is, it is a Dean goes to get Sam at Stanford, but for a different reason than the show mm. does for a different, more, more tragic reason. And Intriguing. and then, and it's, it is sad. It's a fic that's made me cry. I do recommend it. And I will put the link to a version of it that you can still find on the internet in the show notes because it's not on fanfiction.net anymore. Because um, that's where it was oh, hosted. It was a fanfiction.net fic. It was like one of the first fics I ever read. It was one of the oh. fics that made me like first love supernatural fanfic. I've been reading other fanfic for many since I was mm, very small. And I was Harry reading Potter Narnia fanfic. Uh, it was Narnia for me. I was reading Narnia fanfic, yeah. reading and writing Narnia fanfic before I knew what fanfic was. <laughs> See, because I was Percy Jackson. Oh, nice. Again, we've got the triad of, we've got the classics here. Oh, between the three of us. Look at us go. We're really completing the trifecta. <laughs> so that'll be my recommendation for today. Look, and... it could have been a worse trifecta. It could be super who <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. No. 
No. No. Oh, no. Oh. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's, that is the end. Oh, again. <laughs> On that note, let's wrap this up before we get anywhere worse. Yeah. Um, yes, there we go. That's, you've segued me perfectly into it. That is going to be the end of our show. You can subscribe to Driver Pick the Podcast, our version, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can subscribe to the other Driver Picks the Podcast with <laughs> Jamie and Beth, also wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you could just, just subscribe to both of them. Honestly, mm. we both make great things. And you can come talk to us on social media or submit a question for future episode. All the links are in the show notes, including to Jamie and Beth's show. And yes, is there anything, anything you would like to say as closing thoughts or any plug you'd like to give for your um I mean nothing we'd like to plug because you've just done an excellent job of plugging us <laughs> um so thank you um but I think just like generally like honestly like I mean I'm gonna speak for both of us yeah, but I assume that it's it's mm. the truth yeah. it's like I'll we have had like such a blast this has been so fun so <laughs> um I really hope that everyone listening has en en enjoyed having us and uh has had as much fun listening as we have had chatting with you because like honestly this has been so much fun I'm really glad that uh you know obviously we have two podcasts named the same thing which would seem like a bad thing but honestly it's <laughs> turned into like the best accident so yes. I'm I'm really I'm really thrilled that you reached out and like said like hey like let's do something because honestly like it's really been so much fun and I would like be so happy to come back and do it again so oh, yes. thank you yes and I would be thrilled to have you again so yes you're yeah. welcome anytime Oh, and it is worth mentioning that Abigail will be joining us for an episode of our podcast, yes. um, which will come out a little while after this, <laughs> like probably a few months. Um, <laughs> but I we're about to record it, it right now, but look. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are both behind on releasing schedule and ahead on recording schedule. So <laughs> it's a lovely combo. So thank you to everyone who is listening for coming along for the ride. We wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. Next week, we are joined by Francis, um, Let It Be Love 93 on TikTok. And we are going to be discussing season two, episode six, No Exit, through the theme of jealousy. A note to our listeners. This episode was recorded prior to our season three name change, where we went from Driver Picks the Podcast to Saving People, Queering Things. For all of our new social media platforms, visit queeringthingspodcast.com.